Hey everybody, welcome to the live episode of the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm Harris Pempikulski with my lovely and wonderful and fantastic and amazing co-host Ashley Van Houten. Looking especially fine today with her blue block spectacles. I asked you offline if I had to brush my hair and you didn't answer, so I didn't. I didn't brush mine, so you're good. <laughs> okay, we're even. We're good. I think you look beautiful as always. Thank How you. are you, Ash? I am wonderful. Like I said, the sun is shining. You know, it's a crazy time. Life is crazy. Every time I ask myself, is something crazier going to happen? It does. So I've stopped. Um, but I'm just, you know, honestly, this week, one of the things that I did and I took a cue from you is I've always used Instagram and social media as a place to kind of connect and interact with people. And I was having a really, really rough time with it this week, especially. And I kind of really put my foot down and had to step back and remember as connected as I am there social media is not the real world. And that's not how I actually interact with the people that I care about. So not to say I don't care about the people on social media, but I really had to take a step back and just spend some time in, in the real world and do what you do and walk and breathe and take some deep breaths and have some real conversations with people in my life. And yeah. I think it was what I needed for my mental health. So there's a lot of layers to this conversation to start, but yeah, social media is this, is this interesting reality, right? It's, and and you're, you're getting this now more and I see it, but you know, I've got this for a long time where people think they know who you are, right? People see every, everything into your life and they see all these unique insights and they get to meet you and they feel as though they're, you're their best friend and you've never met them before. And it's an interesting paradigm, right? It's an interesting reality where I, I treat everybody well and with respect when I meet them, but also people t maybe tend to neglect to realize, and I'm not even that famous, like everyone wants your time and attention. and if you don't give everyone all of your time and all of your attention, people get pissed off and you're not meeting their expectations. That's one layer that of complexity here. And the other thing is like, you realize that everyone on social media is just putting their best foot forward. And it's all complete nonsense. And I've had people in my life who've come into my life, who've made me very aware of that because what you see on social media is the very opposite of reality. But, and it's just a slippery slope and a, and a necessary and unnecessary part of life, I guess. Right. It's like, yeah. I don't want, 10 million superficial friends, right? I want a handful of people that I invest in and I want I want to support everybody that I can and lift people up. And that being said, if people are gonna to try to rip me down, I'm fucking ruthless with tearing people out of my life. And that's happened recently in our community. And like, if you're gonna be an asshole, I'm just gonna eliminate you. <laughs> I've never met you in my life. If you're gonna start talking smack about somebody you've never met, no problem, man. Like good on you. I hope you, you have a great life. Like it's not going to be any skin off my back, but it's such an interesting paradigm where everyone gets all bold and courageous and judgmental, never ha even having a conversation with you or, you know, met you for 30 seconds. It's a very interesting place. Now that's not even where I want to go with this conversation because I know where you're going. And, and that's where I want to start off this podcast is talking about, I mean, listen, this is not a new thing, this prejudice right? This prejudice that's going on now, it's not a new thing. No. But this is a very good time, as good a time as any, to step up and support our human brothers and sisters, specifically our Black brothers and sisters, right? I have so many, like some of my best friends in the world are, are Black men and women, and they're just the most amazing and wonderful, incredible human beings. And for people to I just can't fathom in my brain how someone could actually wake up in the morning, look at the color of somebody's skin and assume there's something wrong with them or that, that they're inferior or that it just blows my mind. So guys, like, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I really want to 
call attention to um, supporting in, in whatever way possible, right? And, and I think that means letting them know that they're accepted and, and let them know that like we have to get over our prejudice if that exists in your heart. And man, we're all just one. And I wrote this today, actually, people will get it tomorrow. We all came from the same place and we're all going to the same place. And, and if you can accept that, if you can't accept that, you're going to have a terrible life. And if you can accept that, there's no way that you can't accept another human being. You're going to end up as dust in the exact same place as there are. You're literally going to become the same thing in the same place. And then you've come from the same place. And man, I, I don't want to get too deep and, and, and emotional about this stuff, but I hope that everyone can find it in their heart to support the black community right now and in whatever way possible. And there's been some really interesting people putting out some really interesting perspectives on this stuff and we don't need to get into it, but all I say is, is you know, love your brother, man, love your sister. And just to, just to cap it, cause I agree, you know, other people are probably speaking about this a lot more articulately than we have to, but I think the only kind of thought I've had from spending a couple days really thinking about it instead of just reacting is that it doesn't have to be a grand gesture and it certainly doesn't have to be any kind of gesture on social media that's going to make everything better, that's going to make you feel better. It's about empathy and it's about thinking about other people and it's about little tiny things you can do every day. You don't have to change your entire life. You don't have to change your entire world. But just thinking about other people, thinking about the choices that you make and the choices that other people have to make, Mm -hmm. just being a little bit more thoughtful about what other people are doing in their lives, you know? And I just, I just have to say really quickly, because one thing when I was kind of having some, some interactions with people online about maybe some more diversity in the fitness world or in the podcasting world and all this stuff. And, and people were saying, well, you know, it shouldn't it just always be about how good the person is that you're speaking to. Like it doesn't have to, you don't have to get a quota of women or people of color or anything like that. And I'm like, that's, that's fair. But if we're only around people who are super homogenous and always look like us and think like us and talk like us, And I referenced our kind of partnership right now, the fact that you reached out to me because I'm good at podcasting. I'm a good co-host for you. I think we've done a good job. But also you recognize that I'm a woman. I'm going to have different questions. I'm going to have different ideas. And that's good. And so having people who are not exactly like you to surround you and give you different ideas and feedback that's important. So I think that yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It's just- yeah, I, I can't see the world through your glasses, right? I can't see the world through your lens. Exactly. No. And I think that, you know, one of the most important things that comes to mind when I think of this, this situation is as a parent thinking about having your children grow up and growing up in a world that's not safe for them. So, you know, and speaking to being a black parent, knowing that they're going to be judged, knowing that there's going to be people that dislike them. The reality is there's probably people that dislike every race, but sure. this is just the time to to emphasize on the fact that there needs to be equality considered and it needs to go in both directions. There's no question. Man, who knows how it's ever going to change. And I hope it it, it, it shifts with the younger generations because you're not going to shift the old people like their beliefs are set and trying to tell them they're wrong is the worst approach possible. So it's, you know, find all the things you have in common uh, with them and then live in that. And hopefully eventually they kind of get over the just the silliness that exists in prejudice. Point being, I'm going to wrap that point up. I couldn't imagine being a parent and thinking about my child at any age, leaving and worrying about them getting in trouble from the police for something they didn't do. Or or again, I'm not not judging against the police either because I know a lot of cops and they're amazing human beings and they're under so much pressure because it's always this reality. They've always got a target on them. Like if someone's trying to kill you, that's a whole different thing. Like, you know, with, with a police officer. So, man, again, I don't pr- pretend to be an expert or, or claim to even have uh, an opinion on this other than 
I don't fathom. And I feel truly sorry for people who have prejudice in their mind and in their heart. And I hope you guys, anyone who does, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And just going back again to sort of the initial chat about like social media being sort of a nightmare at times, I think it it goes back to a conversation we've had a lot where social media is a tool. It isn't real life. It isn't the only way you can communicate or show that you care or show that the work, the work that you're doing. It's a tool that you can use. You don't have to use it and use it in a way that supports you and your mental health instead of taking away from it. And that's what I've adjusted. Yeah. You know, that's the one question I've been asking my kids a lot lately. Like, does that serve you and yeah. their beliefs, their, their actions? I'm like, tell me how that serves you. How does that make you feel? And if it's not serving, you change it. And if, if people like holding on to anger, I truly feel sorry for you. And yeah. I don't want to dwell on this. There's some interesting things going on, right? So I've had people reach out to me in anger saying, hey, man, you have this great platform. You need to leverage it and communicate on these things. And I'm not an expert on it, man. Like, I just want every, like, I, I'm just, I treat everyone the same way. Like, you know, if you're a good person, I'm going to treat you well. If you're an asshole, I'm going to treat you like an asshole. I don't care what you look like. <laughs> that's that's kind of the way I approach it. Anyways, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want, I want to at least spend some time giving people some value for, you know, with respect to fitness and uh, how we can live through stressful times. There's interesting shit going on in the world, man. Like from- and how it reflects in our physical feeling, like how we yeah. feel, how our bodies feel when we wake up in the morning and how we're able to work out and all that stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 So, you know, from COVID, obviously, we now it seems like everyone's like, okay, that's gone. That's in the past because there's, there's these, you know, 10,000 people getting together and marching. Okay, that's great. Now there's this Black Rights movement. And then I don't know if you've heard of that Yellowstone is erupting. <laughs> like no. Yellow, Yellowstone volcano is erupting. The, the geyser the, at National Park? That's the super volcano in Montana. <laughs> uh, if that goes, we have nothing to worry about because we're all going to be volcanic ash. How is that not all over? I mean, this is why I'm off my phone, I guess. I'm missing the apocalypse. It's real crazy. Apocalypse. So that's a super volcano. That thing goes, the entire U.S. is going to be wiped out whole country i think there's been 300 odd um earthquakes in the last like week or something it's you need crazy. to come back up north <laughs> totally I'm, I'm like how do i get on a plane get the hell out of here but the north is going to get wiped out too you guys are closer than that and then here you can come up here though because you you know you're connect like you can come up if you want because i know the borders are closed but you've got a passport so you can come up here if you need yeah. to are they ordering yeah are they or are they opening june 21st is that the plan I actually am not sure of the exact date. I just know because I've been trying to get some of my friends who are literally have been quarantined in bachelor apartments in Manhattan for the last three months. I'm like, come up here with me. But I, they can't. Are they not allowed out of the city? They can. They just can't. They can't come across the border. They can't. I mean, but, so there are lots of like do stuff in the city. The city's not closed down. Well, I mean, it depends on what you consider closed down. I mean, the place, yeah. it's scary right now. It looks like mm. a war-torn city because um, there's all the looting and things that were just mm. opening back up again are closing back down. And Right. Um, so that, that happened down here as well. And uh, now it's they were opening everything back up. And they realized you leave people quarantined for three months, they're all going to start plotting and doing crazy shit. Like, got to let people go back to work and back to life, especially if they're broke. They're like, fuck, I got to go steal something to keep my shit. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Anyways. What I wanted to talk about today was we've had some people asking some questions on the Muslim Intelligence Group. So there's some great questions that come in, but I want to start off with talking about, I'd love for you to talk about how you're training now too, but how I'm training right now. Everyone wants to know, what are you doing for training right now? My training has been going fantastic, especially since there's been people back in the gym. It's actually been great inspiration for me. I've been very consistent with my 7 a.m. workouts. So 6 a.m. is usually a yoga session, certainly a little bit of meditation yoga session. I have my coffee. I go to the gym. I train 7 to 9. 
And I've been doing five to six workouts a week and relatively short workouts, 60 minutes, but here's the balance, right? So, and I've talked about this in the past, but it's this balance between strength and hypertrophy training. So I'm trying to get strong. Like I'm trying to at least maintain my high level strength. So I want to be able to squat five or 600 pounds. I want to be able to bench press 400 pounds. I want to be able to whatever, like I want to be strong, deadlift 600 pounds. Like I want to be strong. I don't want to be big. I want to be strong, right? And obviously, at some level, deadlifting 600 pounds, you're not going to be small. But I'm not. It's relative for people like you, though. Also, right? I'm not attached to how big I get. So, so therefore, my training is more focused on mastering execution. So it's perfect with really heavy loads. And I'm, I'm in. I'm always an experimenter. We talked about this in the past. What does that look like to get a 600 pound deadlift with like not moving anything where it shouldn't go? So I've really been focusing on that. And so that to me is just stability, right? And, and I talk about that very often. Stability is the foundation of all progress, whether it be for strength or hypertrophy. So if you're someone who is feeling an instability somewhere, and that just manifests as movement, right? Whether it's it's, it's a big movement or, or an abrupt movement or a very, even a shaky movement, that's just instability. So you need to pay attention to, okay, well, what's unstable? This is my concept of isolation and integration, right? So if I'm doing a squat or a deadlift and I feel something that's not stable, so it's shaking or it's moving or it just feels like it's not rock solid, well, I have to remove it from that system and I need to train it in isolation and then reintegrate it into the system, right? So we're trying to make the whole system stronger by making the sum of its parts stronger. So that's really how I'm approaching my training right now. So if I'm doing this morning, I did heavy front squats. So there's a, a large focus on abdominal strength, large focus on glute activation, large focus on quad activation. Went relatively heavy, did, did a good amount of work, really focused on laser uh, laser targeting my spinal extensors, my pelvic floor, which I see somebody has a question about. I'll talk about all that stuff. But so why do I think strength is so important for me right now? Positional strength being strong in every relative position that my body can go into is the key to mob- ultimately mobility, right? So I'm striving after mobility rather than flexibility. And the difference being flexibility is my ability to stretch somewhere. Mobility is my ability to actively move somewhere. So I want to be super mobile. I want my body to have positional strength in obscure positions. So like get into weird positions, be able to be super strong there, which ties right into my second type of training. So the first one being strength and hypertrophy. And just finding this physique that I love, you know, be strong, look great, et cetera. The second piece is this mobility and stability piece, right? So I have, you know, this regular yoga practice and it's not extensive, like it's not hours and hours a day, but it's certainly enough to pay attention. So here's how I do yoga differently than everybody else. Most people just like in training have a destination. They're like, I get you eight reps. That doesn't matter for me in yoga. What matters for me is getting into positions, making sure the right joint is actually moving. So here's a concept that may be complex for the listeners and maybe not be hypo versus hyper mobility. So hypo meaning not moving, hyper meaning moving too much. So you have hypo mobility in certain joints, meaning they don't move well. And you have hyper mobility in other joints, meaning they move too much. Mm-hmm. So when you do yoga and you just fall into a position with the objective of getting to that end range, the, the joints that are hypomobile tend to stay hypomobile and the ones that are hypermobile tend to get even more mobile because you're stretching them more. And then you create this differential and this gradient between things. And that's what causes injuries. So I'm paying super close attention to what feels tight 
ultimately what's hypo mobile and spending more time trying to activate lengthen activate lengthen activate lengthen right that's the path and so activation could be something as as, as a passive contraction and then a really long exhaled relaxation right but specific super laser targeted not this nonsense of just like hey put your chin on the floor and let's see how, what gets you there like how many people i mean you probably don't know this most people do yoga have terrible back pain and that just doesn't make any sense like if you have, if you have great mobility you should have no back pain right that's my target is like how can i be 80 years old squatting 500 pounds and, and be able to do the splits and be able to do yoga but actively rather than just like a i call it a noodle right we just get yeah. like a like a like an overcooked noodle mm-hmm. anyway so that's the second piece and the third piece is cardio so uh, aerobic fitness anaerobic fitness so i'm often riding my bike like i've been doing i hate doing cardio inside lately i've just not been enjoying it so i just got outside and I hammer my bike for 20 30 minutes and like I go pretty aggressively, like I go pretty hard, try to try to make myself uncomfortable, and I hold my breath, which makes it exponentially more hard. So when I find. Do you, when do you do your your cardio during the day? Like at what point of the day do you do it? Uh, I'm not attached to when it is. Honestly, usually it's like, hey, I have a 15 minute break or a 30 minute break before my next appointment or my next, you know, te- like block, and I'll just have go out or I'll go with my kids. So <laughs> can I have this path with my kids where um, we kind of know where we're going, and I'll, and I'll just hammer ahead for like you know, 60 seconds and then spin back, come around and get them. So they're a little bit slower than me. They're not, they're actually get, doing a good job of catching up. But if I hammer, I make sure there's nobody around and I hammer down the road and I come back. So yeah, it's been that, those, that trilogy of fitness is, is always what you need for optimal longevity. And, and people may add in, well, you need a dynamic movement and maybe like maybe running or, or some type of athletic movement. But I find if I get strong in all these positions, that dynamic movement is there. Like, I was sprinting last week and it was easy. I hadn't sprinted in a year, but it was easy because I have dynamic positional strength in all of these different movements at the ankle, at the knee, at the hip, you know, at the spine, at the shoulder, it's all there. And I'm actually building this into all of my programs now for anybody who's interested in a muscle intelligence program, whether you got the at-home program, whether you get the body part programs, this stuff is all built in. Like I want people to know how to access mobility, how to access breathing, how, what they should be doing. So I'm literally intentionally building it into everything I do. I want to address some of these questions first, but just to follow up on your workout plan and what I've been doing and adjusting lately, because, you know, I've I've talked to you a little bit about like, you know, first month was great, crushing it. Second month, I'm getting a little bit sad. Now I straight up miss the gym. The gym may open up actually within the next couple of weeks, but two things that you'd be proud of that I've been doing is first, I don't have access to a gym, so I don't have access to heavy weights. And so I've been purely just focusing on the muscle contraction and I haven't, you know, it's better. Posing? I mean, I'm always posing, but no, I mean, like, you know, I'm, I have 25 pound dumbbells. I have a 45 pound, like Bulgarian bag. I have a 35 pound kettlebell. Like I'm not doing heavy weights, but if I'm doing bicep curls with 10 pounds, if I'm doing shoulder press with 25, but I'm focusing on that muscle contraction, I'm focusing on every inch of that movement. Like you're always telling us mm. oh, incredible. the difference is incredible. Oh, and I really? just been there for 20 minutes. I know you're like, I can't, I can't imagine that shit. But the other thing that I'd just been doing that was really good, because you talk about biking and keeping your mouth shut and nasal breathing and stuff. So I got, I've gotten back into boxing, which is something that I've always enjoyed doing because I like learning a skill while I'm doing conditioning and getting in better shape. And I've been skipping a lot more too, which I love to do. And so the thing that I've been doing now is like 10, 15 minutes of continuous skipping with my mouth shut. Mm. That gets spicy pretty fast. Mm, so Doesn't it? 
but it's incredible. It's just such a different experience and such a different feeling. And it just, I love the feeling of an effective workout that is short and sweet. It's just, it's so nice. So I've been doing that a lot. You know, it's really funny that you say that. So I've been telling you this stuff for a while, you know, it inherently, but yeah, people just, it goes in one ear out the other. And, And I was training with my intern this morning, great kid, awesome future. And he said, you know, he's been having knee problems. And I go, oh man, well, this is how you fix it. And I've been telling him the same thing for three months. And he came in this morning. He goes, you know, man, you know that thing you said? You know, it actually works. I go, yeah, I know. That's why I said it. He goes, oh, well, but I didn't really take you seriously. I didn't really know if it was like, I was like, really? Like, what the hell does it matter with you? (laughs) Like, I've I've been doing this longer than anyone probably in existence, like at a high level, right? Combining the theory and the application. I'm like, dude, if I tell you that's what it is, I don't guess. Like, if I tell you that's what's going to fix it, it's going to fix it. And if I don't know, I'll just say I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe try this. This might be your best best guess. But it's funny. It's funny how people respond that way. And it blows my mind. And that, that makes it stressful sometimes because you're like, I can just fix it. But yeah. anyways. It's just human nature, right? Like you just have to hear things a certain amount of times. You have to be in the right headspace to try it. And then you kind of have to feel like it's your idea, even if someone else told you. Like the amount of times that people come to me saying like, hey, it turns out when you don't eat gluten all day, you feel better. And I'm like, really? Congratulations, dude. Like I've been telling you that for 10 years. Anyway, it's human nature. We just got to figure it out for ourselves a little bit. Yeah. I, I was, I was babysitting my buddy's kids last week. And I, as he was walking out the door, he goes, dude, don't, I go, dude, don't worry. I got it. Gluten and vegetable oil sandwiches. We got oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Let's take some questions here. So you've got some very nice people sending us nice messages on Facebook and you were just speaking about this, so the stability and the pelvic floor. So connection yeah. between pelvic floor digestion and mobility. That's a motility actually. So oh, mobility. okay. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I'm certainly not an expert in the digestive tract. Um, I should probably bring one on, but it's an interesting question. I have somebody good for you, actually, because I do know, and this is a, a conversation that I think is actually maybe underrepresented for men, because women, we learn a lot more about this because it's, you know, what happens after baby and delivery mm-hmm. and all sure. of the pelvic floor and core strength stuff that happens. There's definitely connections with digestion and motility and your ability to manage your pelvic floor strength, but sure. you're right. I, I don't have any kind of specific yeah. So there. I definitely know someone that can, can give us an answer. So I'll plan to bring them on soon. I've got a few people that could have an answer to that question. So here's how my life works. <laughs> I guess you guys understand this. The reason I'm so good at certain things is because I really struggled with certain things. I set very high goals for myself, very, very high targets. And I went after them. And when I ran into a roadblock, I just don't stop. I keep trying to figure it out. So I'm really good at exercise because I sucked at it. I'm really good at losing body fat because I sucked at it. I'm really good at breathing and aerobic fitness, understanding how to do all that stuff because I sucked at it. I've yet to have a problem with my motility. So when I do, yes. you'll, you'll know. Yeah, exactly. I'll come, I'll come on and teach you. Now, that, that's really the reality, right? Is my greatest obstacle or my greatest struggle becomes my greatest opportunity. I've said that a thousand times. And it, that's just the reality for me. And I just have this ridiculous persistence that I, I don't stop until I have a deep understanding that I can not only teach myself, but someone else. And that's really what drives me is uh, pain. You know, ultimately, I've talked about this a thousand times before. I'm really good at exercise because I was really bad at exercise. And I set the goal to be the best bodybuilder on the planet. Didn't quite get there. Got close. But, uh, you know, I sucked. I mean, I, I tell the story. I don't know if you've heard this before, but like, I remember being, I think I was 16, maybe 15 or 16. I'd been in the gym for over six months, certainly. And I, have, I actually have my journal around here somewhere from when I was that age. 
And I remember like celebrating in my journal when I curled the, I think it was a 12 pound dumbbells. And I, I, people, I'm like, people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, like I was skinny little twerp who didn't know anything about exercise and I hated it. I had buddies who were curling the 17 and a half. So I remember watching them going, I can't even lift that damn thing. And I was like, a, not, I mean, I wasn't big, but like it blew my mind. So yeah. talk about genetics, right? It's just terrible. So I was like, it really pissed me off that someone else who was smaller than me, technically, like didn't weigh as much as me. I wasn't heavy, but it didn't weigh as much as me, was able to do the 17 and a half pound dumbbell. And I was doing the 12 pound dumbbell. I was fucking pissed. So I was like, hey, man, that shit's not going to happen anymore. I'm going to smoke these guys. And that's where this like anger came from is this like, I want to beat those guys. Um, what an so, incredible resource for you to have your journals from when you were 16 years old, like painful, but also crazy. Oh, the dumb yeah. shit I wrote in there. You'll see. Yeah, my dad brought it last time he came over. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. I have yeah. one somewhere. I think I have yeah. journals from being like a teenage girl too. And I don't, I'm scared to open them. I like, sure. I don't want to go back into that. I have a measurement. Yeah. My first measurement of my arms, I think it was either 12 and three quarters or 13 and a quarter inches. Maybe, maybe both like within, within a couple of weeks, 12, like 12 inches. That's the size of my wrist. Right. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Um, a long way, baby. Yeah. And then at my biggest measurement was probably 22 and a half. And people think I have a small arms, but when you meet me in person, as you'll attest, like I'm like a double XL t-shirt, right? So you get some bodybuilders who are like a medium t-shirt with lots of muscles. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a double XL t-shirt and you just like seeing them by themselves, they look massive and they get these huge, big bubbly muscles. But until you actually stand beside me, it's hard. Most people don't realize that I'm, I'm actually not a small human and 22 inch arms on me is kind of normal. Yeah, like you're still 20 inch now. Medium, then don't lie. What, what is we're, it? We're an extra medium. Only my underwear. I remember. When I, first, <laughs> I remember when we were first hanging out, though, and you were telling me it had been like just recently that you had lost, like I don't know, like not just recently, like it happened overnight. But you were like, I don't know, six, eight, ten months ago, I was like 50 pounds heavier than that. I'm like, how are you walking around like that? It's crazy. Anyway. Okay, let's get to a couple more questions. You got to get off here. Um, so the, the lady uh, Desiree asked about mobility, and I thought that was a really interesting question. So uh, one of our Muscle Intelligence group members just said she's having a hard time. I don't remember exactly. Tight it's hips. Tight hips, yeah. Tight hips, tight something else, spine. Desk job. Yeah, desk job. Very common, right? Mm -hmm. Why does it happen? So it's a number of factors that contribute to this. But the primary one that we, again, not getting into why it even happens, but sitting too much, the muscles become short and stress, right? So what happens at stress, and stress doesn't have to be something you're aware of. Stress is happening at an unconscious level. So, you know, 90% of the stuff your unconscious mind is perceiving, you don't even acknowledge, right? So you walk into a room, your brain focuses on the five or 10 things that are maybe most important to your scenario and everything else gets muted out, but you're still perceiving it unconsciously. So stress happens at this unconscious level. So it's people who tend to be tight or have hyper amount of hypertonic in their muscles, it's just the tone of their autonomic nervous system is slightly dialed up, right? So we need to slightly dial it down. And man, what have I said? Probably every podcast that I've been on for the last two years is there's three things you need to do that are foundation of, of human optimization. And if you don't do any of these things, nothing you do after that is going to matter. So when people said, hey, man, like, or hey, Desiree, you should get on a foam roller. That really works well for me. Or hey, Desiree, you should do yoga. No, don't do those things yet, right? The foundation needs to be, you have to have a breathing practice. You have to walk and you have to meditate. Those are your, that's your foundation of, of human optimization. And the levels as to why are, are, are longer than I can mention in one podcast, right? Breathing and walking are the most foundational things we do as human. People talk about functional movement. 
Well, breathing and walking are the functional movements, right? That's what we do. So, well, breathing, what do you mean breathing is functional? Well, how many times do you breathe a day? And you don't realize it. If it's in some way labored or non, not biomechanically efficient or effective, everything that goes on top of that, including the way your head sits, including the way your arms move, including the way your diaphragm expands, everything's messed. Walking, this, this bipedal movement that should be happening consistently, you know, the suggestion is we should be walking 10 to 12 miles a day ancestrally is this, this really imperative thing to get the muscles of the hip to actually move. And there's huge benefits to sinking the left and right hemisphere of the brain. So if you want your brain to function well, you have to walk. If you want your body to function well, you have to walk. Here's the beautiful thing. You can breathe, walk, and meditate at the same time, right? You can do them all at the same time. Why do I advocate doing a 30-minute walk every day? Because you can do them all at the same time. You can implement an expansive breath practice where I'm really expanding my diaphragm, you know, and I say this and apparently people think I'm joking or I'm like making a mistake. 60, 60 seconds or more inhale, 60 seconds or more exhale should be the goal, right? If you can only do 10 or 10, five seconds now, that's indication of huge dysfunction at, at the lungs, at the rib cage, at the, all the muscles that involve the kind of thoracal lumbar fascia. So you got to walk, you got to breathe, and you want to implement some type of conscious practice around it. And walking, from my perspective, most people do it dysfunctionally. So first thing that's going to happen is your feet hit the ground incorrectly, and then everything up the body starts getting screwed up, right? If you have knee problems, hip problems, back problems, or shoulder problems, a lot of them, and this is, I'm not an expert, but a lot of them that I see start in the feet. So people have poor gait, poor foot mobility, poor foot strength. So every time your foot hits the ground, you're sending this dyskinetic movement up your spine, all up your legs into your spine and all the way into your neck. Neck problems can start in your feet. Everything could start in your feet. So paying attention to not only just walking, but how you walk is so important. And if I were to start with anybody coming into my gym, I always, it's funny, actually, you've been to my gym. I started this trend, like everyone in my gym now trains barefoot. It's kind of funny because like, I'm like, listen, if that shit's not rooted into the ground correctly, or if it's in some way overpronated or dysfunctional, everything up the chain is screwed up. So everyone literally trains barefoot now. So I'm glad that I started a trend. So yeah, breathe, walk, meditate, because meditation is exercise for your mind. We should put in the show notes too, because somebody that you've interviewed that speaks to this really well is Annette at the Posture Pro Clinic mm -hmm. in Montreal. And she just blew it's my amazing. mind. Yeah, yeah, with the, just being able to articulate the interconnectedness of all of this. So we'll make yeah. sure we put that in the show notes so people can yeah. check that out. Annette Verpilo and Brian McKenzie, both yeah. just incredible. Um, Brian's going deep on some, some other stuff now, which is super interesting. I highly suggest um, people connect with Brian. So Desiree, your solution to improving your mobility at a deep level. So here's why this, again, that's, I've explained this as well, but here's why this works. Taking a lacrosse ball and jamming it into your ass is never going to have the same result as that sounded really bad. <laughs> we get it. As your nervous system giving you the signal to turn down the muscular tension from the inside. So an internal versus an external signal, right? Yeah. Stretching or or in some way trying to stretch your spine is never going to have the same result result or effect as telling your nervous system to change the tone of your muscle. Right. And that can't happen in one day. It has to happen over time. But here's the crazy thing. If you've ever done yoga or something similar, there's levels of relaxation that exists within the muscle. So if you just start to stretch once or twice now, you're going to get to like a very nominal, very small amount of stretch. And then if you just let it stay there and you contract and relax, contract and relax, matching it with your breath, 
you're opening up layers of possibility for where those muscles can expand to. If your brain doesn't go there, it's, it literally restricts yourself from going there. So if you've never gone to these expanded positions or these length and stretch positions, your brain goes, well, I'm not strong there, become weak because the muscles have never contracted in that position. So by default, they shorten, right? So if you don't go to all these extremes of the range, eventually with, with resistance, your body will literally use it or lose it scenario, right? Your body will shut down and you don't have it anymore. So we have to re-access it. So we re-access it with mobility, maybe some flexibility mixed in, but flexibility I think is useless without, without mobility, which is ultimately stability. So working those things in. So an internal versus external signal. This is why breathe, walk, meditate is more important than any type of foam roller, any type of massage, anyone jamming their elbow into your back is not even close to the same thing. Listen, when I wake up in the morning every day, I'll do three breaths and I'll feel like I had a massage. It's unbelievable. If I don't do it, like I feel like if I did like heavy deadlifts or something, I'm walking around I'm like shit, I'll do three breaths and I'll feel like, like I'm a six-year-old kid, like I have so much mobility and motion back because I'm able to consciously relax and really expand everything. And I've walked through this before in a podcast, but it's this simple path of if I fill my the lower lobes of my lung first, so I'm taking a big inhale through my nose as slow as I can, consciously trying to let it fill my belly. So it goes out to the front first, then up to the sides, then it starts coming up and up and up. Now it's in like the mid-level lobes that along just under the rib cage. And then you're going to start to feel your back expand, like the ribs in the back start to push out. And then that's just starting, you're about halfway full at that point. Then you start going further out in the sides and then almost up into your back, into your traps. And when you're really, really full, you're going to start to feel pulling up above your clavicle, like up above your collarbone, it starts to push, like it starts to almost like feel like it's stretching the nerve. Now you know you're full. And then I would suggest staying there for a little bit and then trying to slowly as you can relax. So that's really just getting all of the, if you think about what's happening from the inside, the nervous system is relaxing, but now all the fascial, the fascia is starting to kind of lengthen a little bit and loosen up. And I'll tell you, there's nothing better for improving back pain, shoulder pain, neck pain, and improving your mobility at your shoulders and spine. And the best part about this is it's free and you don't need anyone else and you can do it any time. You can do it all the time and it's fantastic. Yeah. I do it before every workout. I usually do it, not usually after workouts. I should, but usually I don't make time to be honest. But before every workout, when I wake up in the morning, I usually want to brush my teeth or if I'm meditating or something, it'll be one of the two. And it's just incredible how much different you feel. Mm-hmm. couple more questions here before you go. Suggestions on fiber sources, avoiding leaky gut foods like wheat and grains. Fiber source. I mean, there's a whole argument maybe that we don't need you fiber. You don't need it. Yeah. I, yeah, it depends. I think fiber has, has its place, but uh, I don't think you should be seeking it. Like you shouldn't be intentionally trying to hit certain numbers. I think that's been kind of disproven. Eating fiber because it's important to have at some level in your diet, great. Like, But don't, I would just basically say avoid things that are inflammatory. So removing grains, removing gluten. We just had it on the podcast talking about oxalates. So those would be kind of my, my acid tests and how I would decide what I'm going to remove. So I would remove all grains, period, because they're inflammatory. You can have rice. Some people can do oats, but I would stay away from grains in general if you can. White rice is wonderful. Stay away from brown. Um, again, this is an overgeneralization, but if, you're, if your inflammation is your target, I would stay away from, which it should be, I would stay away from these foods. And then as far as vegetables, find the ones that don't have high oxalates and ideally not high lectins either. But it's sometimes lectins, phytic acid, oxalates, are your kind of three bad vegetable components and sometimes hard to avoid them all. So there's certain ones like fermented vegetables are wonderful. 
cabbage and, and, and the cruciferous vegetables family seem to be wonderful. I would completely avoid spinach. I avoid most lettuces now because I realize they're toxic, bad things. Avocado is um, really high in fiber. Avocados, yeah, avocado is amazing. I eat a lot of berries. So berries, again, maybe some have some oxalates, but I think the, the benefits are going to outweigh the risk. How does this relate to, this is a question not asked on Facebook, but someone was ta- um, asking about allergies because that's, it's big time allergy season right now. And then that combining with some of these super foods, health foods that are also super high in histamine that are causing problems. Do you have any experience with allergies and managing that? What people should be doing? Well, just even for yourself, but sort of generally. No, I, I don't have any allergies, knock on wood, thank goodness. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a gut health thing, right? It's like managing the histamine response, managing the inflammatory response. Dr. Becky Campbell has a great book. She's yeah. actually I've got it in my in my car. It's a fantastic book. About so his- about histamine, yeah, that's a really good thing to just pay attention to. So you're avoiding things that are reheated. You're avoiding often, actually, unfortunately, fermented foods, and a lot of it's just going to be you know simple vegetables and freshly cooked meats, high quality meats. Again, I'm not an expert in allergy in the allergy department. I, I yeah, I've never suffered it, suffered from it, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm very fortunate I haven't had it either, but I know that people can kind of cycle in and out of allergy issues depending on, again, it's stress and your ability to manage histamine and stuff can come and go depending on other factors. So mm-hmm. it's worth just paying attention to these things. If you are having allergic reactions that you don't normally have, there could be something about your super healthy diet full of high histamine foods like fermented food, bone broth, yeah. avocado, all the delicious things in life could be causing you a problem. You might have to it's, it sucks, but it's true. And maybe yeah. just adding a little fasting in tends to heal the gut wall. So BPC-157 can be a good choice. Yeah, just, I mean, get a book on histamine, figure out what it is and, and do what yeah. you can to avoid it. Unfortunately, like you say, they're, they're some of the most quote unquote healthy foods, just like when you have SIBO, right? When you have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, some of the healthiest foods can just destroy it. So it's yeah. a challenge. Speaking of fasting, Darren has a question here about maximizing yeah. fasting and hypertrophy training window, all this stuff. And he's asking, he comments again saying, because he feels better when he trains fasted. Cause of course my question was going to be like, do you have to fast if you're trying to build muscle? Well, I train fasted every day. And uh, I think it's because we tend to probably really ride the cortisol wave, right? When you wake up in the morning, you got this huge spike of cortisol. So that's a really good feeling when you train. And if you dampen that, which it does throughout the day, if you have healthy cortisol rhythms, your training effort and intensity tends to drop off. It's the same as me. Like I'm, I'm a machine in the morning, later in the day, it's hit and miss. So I do the same. And if you want to maximize hypertrophy, again, it depends why you're fasting. If you just feel good, which is what it says, some essential aminos is a great idea with some MCT powder, which I use. I put two scoops of MCT in my coffee. I'll take a scoop or two of collagen and if I'm training hard, if I know it's going to be a higher volume hypertrophy style workout, I'll add some essential aminos and creatine in there. Um, and that's it. So you're, you're not really getting the benefits of fasting because you're taking in the essential aminos, but you still get the benefit of feeling awesome. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, if I still feel good when I'm done training and I haven't done a huge amount of volume, I'll keep fasting. I might fast till one, two in the afternoon, even though it's not the best idea for building muscle. So that wouldn't suggest it for you, but I still feel great because I'm still pretty much riding that cortisol wave from that workout. And uh, that's a really good way to lose body fat, I find. And I mean, I might be losing muscle as well, Mm -hmm. but certainly my body fat drops very quickly when I do that. Yeah. 
that was one of um, Ben's golden rules that I couldn't follow that kind of made me sad because I cannot do an intense workout in the morning. I've been doing the, you know, 12 to 7 kind of fasting, which is making me feel better. And it's helping my body composition during this time when I'm being mostly stuck in the house. But I can't, I cannot do an intense workout early in the morning. So what I've done is I've done my MCT in the coffee. I do my low intensity cardio movement outdoor stuff in the morning and then i'll do my workout after i've had some food at lunchtime movement of any kind is just imperative in the morning that's why for most people i just don't just just walk yeah get outside and walk for 30 minutes if you're not going to train go go walk and that's maybe even more effective to making sure your day goes well right Mm -hmm. this is a nice message from someone we can't see who it is but ben you're a life coach whether you like it or not no, yeah, not. I mean, that's part of something I do that I actually love doing. It's funny because you, you take clients on for physique enhancement, it ends up being a life coach, and I actually enjoy that that part as well. I wouldn't say more, but as well, you know, empowering people with the knowledge and skill set to build their greatest body is, is something I love doing, which is why this, you know, I'll mention one more thing. But um, the life coach is something I like doing. I mean, and giving people habits and skills and. It's awesome. I'm very grateful that I get to do that. You know, my my life is very blessed to where I have an obsession with with learning and understanding things. You know, I was the kid who took apart the the massive Lego so I could put them back together. But so speaking of that, I've mentioned the mentorship a number of times. We are starting the mentorship now. Like it's going by the time this podcast goes out, it's going to be live. It's for coaches or it's only going to be specific to personal trainers. So we can help you guys master the process in the gym. And, and the metaphor I use is it's like me handing you my glasses. I want you to be able to see exercise the way I see exercise and be able to give people a result at any level. So it's going to be a lot of learning online. It's going to be a lot of working with my coaches and mentors, meaning people who I learned from and bringing them in to help us really understand this process over a short span, just 12 weeks. We're going to give you exposure to a lot of things, uh, guide your thought process, make you look at exercise with a completely different lens, a completely new paradigm. And uh, ultimately, my, my goal is I want to build an amazing tribe of, uh, you know, I won't call them muscle intelligence coaches, but ultimately people that I trust with the skill set and, and with the ability to empower people anywhere in the world. So we get so many people that want to come work with coaches. So um, people who I'm like, yeah, I work with this person. They're amazing. I know they're really good at this. And I can actually confidently refer out, which mm-hmm. will be awesome. That is very exciting. And also, I think it's an important thing to note that you said, you know, the life coaching part of it is something that you enjoy, but it's also incredibly crucial because one of the things that I've learned working with you and the interactions that I've had with people and the interactions that I've had working with other women is that 99% of the time, it isn't about, please tell me how to do reps and sets. It really is. Behavior change. It's always about more than that, or it's about building your own internal sense of self-worth or ability to trust yourself or believe in yourself. And so, again, like you said, this is a tool to get there. It's not. And you you would have read those docs I wrote at Ash is like, so it's, it's identity, it's beliefs and it's habits, right? So we have to look at those three levels. Who do you identify as? Because if your identity is something different than the goal you're trying to achieve, you're done. If your beliefs are different than something than the goal you're trying to achieve, you're done. If the value, things you value are different than the goals you're trying to achieve, you, you can't. will not succeed. So you have to assess all of those things from all those levels. And then the habits become kind of the the action plan where the rubber meets the road. This is how we take action on it and and create our healthiest, happiest life. Healthy, happy, and horny, right? H3. Only things that matter. Um, Okay, you have to jump off, right? So do we want to just talk really quickly about uh, this? We've got a new offer from our Yeah, Wild Last and Seafood Box, guys. You guys know I've been a massive fan of, I've been eating so much salmon lately, so much seafood. It's so great. Oh, man, it's so good. Tell me that you eat skin on. Of course. Yes, of course I do. 
<laughs> yeah, so we wouldn't be friends if I didn't. Ash, I know. I know. Yeah. No, so I have this, um, I have the super wave and I've talked about this before and I'll cook. Sometimes I cook in a pan, but usually I like to use the super wave. Have you ever used a super wave? No, I need one though. I well, it's, it's tiny. It's the size of a microwave, fits on your countertop, but it's, it's almost like, I think you posted about the air fryer the other day. Yeah. I don't have one of those, but I feel like it's like that. It's, it uses infrared heat and the outside is like gold and crispy and the inside's warm and flaky. It's so damn good. And like, it's like eight minutes or something. It's the best thing ever. So I've been cooking my my salmon on there at least two, three times a week. I've been eating some rockfish, all provided by wildlastandseafoodbox.com, which gets delivered to me every month. They're also extending an offer if you guys just want to try it. If you don't want to do it every month, you can just do a one-off, which I think is a great offer of them, very generous of them. Because like ultimately, the way they're going to make money is if they're making a few bucks every time, because I know the profit margin on those things are not good. So... Guys, if you are into eating great food, if you're into taking care of yourself and, and only putting in the best quality food into your amazing vessel, then I highly suggest you guys head over to wildalaskanseafoodbox.com slash Ben and use code Ben to get $25 off your yep. order of the Wild Alaskan Seafood Box. And uh, I can vouch for the quality because I know some friends have said they've ordered some fr from some seafood places in the past and they aren't very good. Like if it's fishy, if it's if it doesn't taste fresh, it's not. And this this stuff is truly amazing. And they send it usually on dry ice and it's solid frozen. It's it's awesome. It's so good. I can't speak more highly of uh, the Wild Last and Seafood Box Company. So, guys, thank you very much for being here. Uh, head over to support our sponsors as always. And if you're not already subscribed, you can now subscribe on YouTube. If you guys want to watch Ashley and I talk in person, which you can look at her on me, we'll, we'll make her bigger. <laughs> I'll start combing my hair for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So guys, thank you very much. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on iTunes. We're also going to be on Spotify if we're not already. Uh, Stitcher and everywhere else where amazing podcasts like this one are broadcast. Thank you very much for being here, everybody. I'm truly grateful for you. And just one last mention of lifting each other up. Let's support our brothers and sisters in any community, in particular the Black community right now, as we love them just as we love ourselves. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.